Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory. Why don't you grab your Bibles? Meet me in Luke chapter 18. Let's talk today about the subject of prayers that would appear to go unanswered. Why is that? What's taking place behind the scenes? Wouldn't it be nice to go behind the scenes and find out what's going on? Or if we look behind the scenes, would we find out that something actually is going on, but perhaps the cake is not yet fully baked? Praise the Lord, and it needs a little more time in the oven of prayer. Let's talk about all of that good stuff today. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And since we're talking about prayer, why don't we open up in prayer as well? So Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and give us illumination from your word concerning this very great desire that we all have to have our prayers answered and to be able to work with you in a sense where we achieve answered prayers. Father, we thank you for this in Jesus' name. And around the world at six o'clock in the morning, we all say, Amen. Now, verse one, then he spoke a parable to them. Now, of course, a parable is a story that has a hidden meaning. It doesn't mean that this was a real life event that took place. So we're just supposed to extract the, the knowledge from it and then apply it according to the overall purpose and meaning, which is about uh, always being persistent in prayer. Okay, so it's a parable that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Well, when it says not lose heart, in the King James Version, it says faint. Uh, God doesn't want you to faint, uh, which would be the same thing. You just get discouraged, and it's really like those moments when you just think, I'm going to throw in the towel. I've had it. I've been doing this for quite some time, and for whatever reason, it doesn't appear to be working for me. That, that can be very, very normal to experience this because you engage in it, you start off in it, and then you're thinking, well, you know, if, I, if I'm putting effort into something else, I can see results, but here it looks like nothing's happening, so I think I'm just going to pull out, cut my losses, and quit, but you don't want to do that. You really, when you boil it down, you've only got two options of what you can do. The first option, which is not good, I don't want you to take it, it's the one to quit, uh, to lose heart, to faint, and just give up, and say, well, I guess it doesn't work for me. Uh, it obviously works for a few others. Maybe they're special, super special somehow in the eyes of God. They're exempt from uh, the normal mortal human life that the rest of us have to live. And so you just uh, maybe want to quit. But no, that's that's really, you, you even want to scratch it out. You don't even want it as an option. So there's uh, just those two things. You can either quit we don't want to do that. You could faint, just give up, whatever the case might be, or you could keep on going. I really want to encourage you to keep on going because, you know, it, it's amazing. It can all turn in one day. It Your prayers can reach a cumulative point. Your prayers, uh, your praise, your, your worship, all coming together, and it just reaches a point where the tipping scale tips in your favor. The judge gives the decree, and the next thing you know, wow, God's answered your prayer. And you'll think, wow, I'm sure I'm glad I didn't quit. Well, we want to talk about that today, because if you, if you knew that God would, would you hang in there? 
just knowing that he will if you're if you're persistent would you do it yes i think you would so just knowing that he will answer is a real motivator to keep on going but you have to remind yourself of that because uh we don't want to lose heart faint and give up and that basically means you walked away from it you somehow knew that god could but for whatever reason he didn't and so you're left and that's not a fun thing to walk away from now you now you kind of walk away from it and you're thinking well uh several thoughts one I wonder what would have happened if I would have kept on going. And number two, you walk away from it not having achieved what you were going after. So now you're now you're a little bit in this no man's land of frustration, uh, questions that are left unanswered, and destiny that still has not unfolded. So, my friends, let's keep going. Find out how we can get prayers answered and delve into this now. So, this is the parable that he gave them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Okay, so we have a negative slope. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a negative situation. He's an unjust judge. Uh, he's ungodly, doesn't really have uh, these areas where he could maybe have a soft spot in his heart. The good thing uh, is that, in a sense, he doesn't appear where he could be bribed. In other words, he's he's uh, in a place where maybe he's got all of his bases covered in life. He is focused on his own self, and his own self is well taken care of. So really, in many ways, unless you're a buddy or something like that, or maybe you could do something for him that would benefit him, he has no interest in you, just none at all. So he's going to have a person that needs to have their case heard. So this is a a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now, from that perspective, there's really no need to go before this judge and argue from a point that, hey, you need to do this for me because there's a moral code and you have an obligation to fulfill the law, blah, blah. He doesn't care about that. He's just not really into that. Maybe he just wants to hurry up and hear your case so he can go out and play golf. And he's just going to listen to you, and he's going to write you off and uh, basically keep you suspended in your stuck position because he has other things. He wants to live. He's into his own life, and he's not really into, how can we say, seeing that justice is done. No, that's just not his thing. Maybe he got the wrong job. Maybe he was supposed to be a plumber or a mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason, he's on the bench. He's the judge. Now, verse 3. Now, there was a widow in that city. Well, a widow, really, in the culture of that day, would be at the lowest levels of society. Women really didn't have a lot of rights back in these days, much less a widow. The, the widows were the ones that really felt the heat and pressure when there was trouble, particularly in economic situations or things like that. So it's either the, the little children or it's uh, the little children that would be orphaned, didn't have proper care, or the widows who, for whatever reason, maybe they're, uh, they're completely on their own, even maybe not even any brothers or sisters, relatives all gone. And so they just, they're in a place where really they need to have God's help and support and so she's got to come before this judge. Wow, she doesn't have anything going for her. Nobody knows her. Nobody cares about her. And she's going up to Mr. Stone Cold Heart. And this 
this is really something from a perspective and and the lord's doing this on purpose he's contrasting a difference that if this woman can get a need met through an impossible appearing situation how much more can you get your prayer answered when you're going before the judge who's your father wow who really does want to help you okay so keep that in mind because this this vast contrast between an unjust judge and your loving father it's all being displayed like that on purpose to, to encourage you don't quit stay in there and pray god really will do it for you but if you quit you'll never find out what could have been but i know that's not your your story you're going to be the one that's going to keep praying and get it done now there was a widow in that city and she came to him saying get justice for me for from my adversary he's probably looking at his watch wondering how long this is going to take so she can get out of his court so he can go out and maybe go down to the country club and have drinks with all of the other attorneys and the other the other guys that he's familiar with working with so this is just you know redundant stuff boring stuff for him but we also find out that this widow had an adversary not it's not fun to be in a vulnerable position to be a widow and you can't fight or really defend yourself because you're powerless you're at the bottom of the level of society and you need some help and now the person who is supposed to morally and legally stand up for you has no interest in you wow well she doesn't quit she's not just ready to roll over and say okay just go ahead and throw me in the grave no she's she's got a fight in her a persistency in her that you need to have in yourself and in your prayer life when you keep this in context of being consistent now and he would not for a while in other words he would not get any kind of justice for her but afterward he said within himself though i do not fear god maybe he was a complete atheist maybe he was on the board of directors for the national atheistic association so he had he had no interest in her or even her her moral reason of why she should get validated get freed up from this adversary who's doing maybe the adversary is trying to overstep legal bounds and maybe he's trying to repossess her house or repossess her car and he legally can't do it but he's doing it anyhow because he thinks he can get away with it there's a lot of wolves out there there's a lot of people that would even do it to their mother they would rip off their mother and go home at night and go straight to bed and not lose any sleep over the fact that they did that there are people that are that cold that are that hard and are that spiritually dead I tell you what they're out there so she really needs help but this is what he said though I do not fear God nor regard man yet because this widow troubles me now remember this is a parable don't misinterpret this and think that you're supposed to be troubling God irritating God that somehow you're going to get God so agitated that he gets mad at you and says I've had it just here's your answer now get out of my court that that's that's not what the Lord's teaching don't don't try to take it and make it into something that's not being implied here the Lord is implying though a persistency that says I'm just going to keep coming back so that is the focus yet because this widow troubles me I will avenge her 
lest by her continual coming she weary me. He didn't say, I'm going to avenge her because she's being done wrong. He didn't say, I'm going to avenge her because that really upset me how she told me she's being taken advantage of. No, none of that stuff, none of that stuff moves him. He has no interest in that. But he said, lest by her continual coming she weary me. So she's just coming over and over. She's in his court on a daily basis, and she's not going to go away. So now this is affecting him. And so he's like, okay, let me just rule in her favor so that I can get my my life back and not have it interrupted. Verse 6, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God, now remember, let's switch to the proper contrast now, God, who's not unjust, who's not heartless, who's not stone cold, but God who loves you. And as a child of God, washed with the blood of his son, you are his daughter, you are his son. And God wants to give you a yes to your prayer request. So keep that in mind. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Oh, oh boy. Wow. I think we should take the highlighter and underline that. That's a lot. There's a lot of meat on the bones right there. Wow. Praise the Lord. I, I want to ask you this concerning that thing that you really want God to do. See, you have, you have a lot of people that say, I've really, I, I just really want God to do this for me. And then you ask them about their prayer life and it's non-existent. Well, maybe that desire is not really as strong as some people are stating that it is. But if it is, you have to ask yourself, am I really crying out to God day and night? You know, I'm not, not remember, not, not, it's a parable. You're not trying to agitate God. You're, you're not trying to somehow twist the arm of God. You can't do that anyhow. Be very, very careful with that. Don't ever drift in your prayer time from a place of reverence where somehow you start getting rude in your prayer with the Lord. If that ever happens, shut that off and say, oh Lord, I'm sorry. I was starting to get in the flesh. Lord, I love you. I reverence you. I respect you. Lord, forgive me for getting frustrated. Uh, If you ever get into that, you've gotten off track. You're not in the spirit. Stop that immediately. And always talk to God with the greatest reverence, with the greatest love, and the greatest respect. You cannot force God to do anything. He will help you. He wants to help you. But he's, he's looking at this from a perspective that's more than you just getting an answer to prayer and then you run off. And you say, okay, good. I know how to get my prayers answered. Lord, if I need something else, I'll be back in three, in three months. If something else pops up till then, you just stay on, stay on your toes because I might show up at any moment. That, that, look, look, this is not how this works. This is about relationship. This is not about just like some kind of automatic response that you, that you type into the computer. The answer pops out over here. You read it. Okay, good. I don't need the computer anymore. No, th- this is not how this is. And some people, they get very mad at God because they don't have a proper relationship with him in the sense of really having a relationship. You know, I remember years back, it's, it was probably over 20 years ago, where my spiritual father, uh, as he was pastoring the church at that time, the church maybe had about 4,000 people on Sunday morning. And he's, he's just preaching away, and he stops, and he said, there's somebody here in the service you have 
gone on an extended fast and you have damaged your body and you have told God that you would not stop fasting until he does this thing and you and God hasn't done it and you're still fasting he said where is this person and the husband of of the wife the wife had done this fast the wife got mad at God and said God I'm demanding that you answer this prayer and look you can have tremendous boldness with the Lord when that prayer is in agreement with the Holy Spirit. But if you get over there in the flesh and you're trying to force God, almost like you're trying to blackmail him, almost like you're going to have to do this or I'll just fast till I die. I'll, I'll not get off off the floor till I die. There, I just need to let you know there have been people who did that and they died. And God didn't answer their prayer. <laughs> and so I knew the brother who carried his wife up and brought her to the man of God. And my pastor prayed for her and God restored her health. And I, I don't know though, if she ever got over that, that thing where she thought that God's not fair. It's not right. My lot in life. It's not right that God didn't answer. My, I, I don't know if she ever got over that. I, I don't think she did, but at least she's not six feet under right now. At least she didn't die in her forties. Praise God. Praise God for the anointing of the spirit. That's why I'm telling you, uh, particularly men of God, you need to be able to flow with the spirit. You never know if there's somebody in that meeting that if God doesn't move, you may never see them again. They may be hitting towards the bridge to make a jump after the service. If there's, if God doesn't, uh, uh, you know, I'm telling you, there's desperate people in church. We must be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, not just the pastor, not just the man of God, not just the apostle, but look, those of you that are sitting in the services also, these people are around you. There are needy people all around you. You need to be able to pick up on things you need to pick up on things when you get, when a person's about to have a total mental breakdown. Well, I didn't know that pastor Steve. I didn't know that person was about to go out and commit suicide. Well, how could you not? I I, I know I know people fake out sometimes. Uh, they they endeavor to fake you out, smiling, trying to make you think okay, things okay. But look, look, any man or woman of God has got the Holy Spirit in them. That's you. Okay, you have the Holy Spirit in you. You you could cut right through that stuff. And you can pick up on that stuff, and you could say, hey, can we go out to lunch after service today? I want to buy your lunch. Can we talk? Uh, you know, and just, and just, you know, pour in that healing balm of Gilead. You be Christ Jesus to them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's needs. There's hurting people all around you. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. So my friends, um, that lady that tried to do that long fast, forcing God to answer her, found out that God cannot be manipulated. Uh, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't respond like that. So here's what I'm saying. Always stay in love with the Lord. Always have the greatest reverence, respect for God, even if you don't understand something. Just say, Lord, I'm only human. Lord, I don't know everything. Lord, I want you to answer my prayer. It hasn't been answered yet, but I'm going to keep on praying. And Lord, if, if there's something that I need to know, uh, then help me. Lord, if I'm praying wrong, 
help me. By the way, that takes humility to say that. A lot of people don't want to say that because they don't care if they're praying wrong. They're going to keep on praying it. Okay, So you, you want to have this flexibility. That doesn't mean that God won't do it, but it just means that don't ever drift into a place where, Lord, Jesus said that you're like an unjust judge, and I'm going to come before you day and night, and I'm going to wear you out. No. The, the focus is coming before the Lord day and night. But remember, you're not coming before an unjust judge. You're coming before your daddy. Okay, so you're coming before him. He loves you. You have a good relationship with him. So keep that up. Keep coming before him. Keep coming before him. He likes that. He's into this for you so that there can be more than just you stamping off another prayer request that got answered. And most people that are believers don't get their prayers answered. Maybe little bitty things, but when it comes to real prayers, getting real miracle answers, no, it's not happening for a lot of people. Why? They faint. They quit. They, they just give up, throw in the towel, and they don't, they don't stick with it. So you can see that this is more than just getting your prayer answered. There are also things in the Bible that pertain to faith and patience. Underline the word patience. The timing of God. God looking at you, wanting you to develop in maturity and be rooted and be solid and hang in there. Even when it looks like nothing is happening. Oh, now you're learning to walk by faith and not by feelings. Okay. Especially not by sight. And so all of this is going on while you're in prayer and, and the, and the father sees this and he will answer your prayer. So let me cover something now that actually seems like a, a conflict almost with the upcoming statement. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? You, you must move into that mode of crying out day and night. For most people, that's the number one reason their prayers never get answered. They just hardly ever pray about it, hardly ever bring it up. Their, their lives in many ways are prayerless. You really have to stay before the Lord day and night if you want it to take place. Praise God. Now, let me continue on. It says, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? Okay, so the bearing long, the patience of God. And then he turns right around the Lord and says, Next, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. So you have bearing long. And then the next statement of God doing it speedily, and you're like, well, that's, that's a very unusual contrast back to back. Let me see if I can explain that to you. Jesus said, I'd tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Okay. Here's the thing. While you cry out to God day and night, day and night, and you find out that there are some things that you really have to stick with it that there are some pr uh, prayers that maybe you just, you, you agree and okay, it's, we're just going to stand on that. There's other prayers that are different and they are just as different from the rules that govern basketball as the rules that govern football. And if you tried to get it all mixed up, you'll find out that game cannot be played like that. You cannot pray this type of prayer like that. So when you're moving into intercession, maybe you're praying for a lost person. You cannot just pray one time and think, okay, that person's going to go to heaven now because I prayed for them for two minutes. That that would be very, very rare to see it answered that quickly. Other times, which is the norm, you intercede day and night 
Lord, I bring that person before you. I'm interceding. Open the eyes of their heart. Let them understand the truth of the gospel. Oh, God, break through to them. And so you intercede. You pray. And you pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you, you come before the Lord crying out day and night. He bears long with you. There's the patience uh, of God looking at you and seeing your maturity, your persistency, just like that little widow every day, back in the court, day and night, back and forth, back and forth. And when the judge left and hung up his robe and took his cap off and walked out, she was probably there waiting, saying, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Whew, he's like, whoa. Uh, and it just got to him. He eventually answered, you have to be like that with the Lord, just day and night. Lord, I love you. Lord, I believe you're going to do it for me. Lord, you're so good. Lord, I'm back here before you again. Lord, I just want to remind you of what, of what you told Sarah. Lord, you actually spoke it to Abraham, but Abraham was the messenger to give it to Sarah. And Lord, you told Abraham saying, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And, you know, you, you just bring that before the Lord. You say, Lord, there's something too hard for you. I know you're going to answer this prayer. Lord, I'm back again. I know you can do it. And Sarah was in her 90s, and you still did it for her. She even laughed, mocked, thought the whole thing was silly. And, Lord, you told Abraham, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And he went and told his wife that very statement. She said, oh, I didn't say that. And Abraham said, yes, you did. He heard you. Woo! Lord, I'm back again. I just want you to know there's something too hard for you. Lord, do it. Lord, I'm asking you to do it. I believe you can, and I believe you will do it. See, that's what it means to come day and night. You're interceding. You're praying along that line. You know, the Lord told Jeremiah, the prophet, to buy some land. And, it, I mean, very unusual thing. And, and he bought it. When the city is under siege... And the city is going to be demolished in many ways. And all of God's people are going to be hauled off into captivity. And God tells him to buy some land. And so he knows that he heard from the Lord. And sure enough, here comes the nephew endeavoring to sell the land. And so he buys it. And then he's sitting around with this title deed of land. And he's just like, Lord, I know you told me to do it, but this was a this one was a real doozy. I mean, th this is more. Th this was a literal act. This was a prophetic act. But Lord, hey, I've got land that's, that I own now that's worthless. Like, what's going on? And the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, "I am the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for the Lord?" And in context, he's saying, "Hey, look." I know that they're going to go into captivity. And I, I know that the city's going to be ransacked and buildings are going to be broken down. Walls will be demolished. But hey, look, I'm going to bring them all back. It's going to be years down the road, but they're going to come all back. We'll just rebuild the city. We'll rebuild the walls. We'll, we'll just do it all over again at the right time. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Nothing's too hard for me. But, but Lord, we're all going to be hauled away. Yes, but you're going to come back. You're going to come back, and again, I will bless this land, and I will plant my people Israel in their land. Wow. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? See, you have to talk with him like that in prayer. You plead your case, and you say, Lord, you're mighty. You're able to do it for me. And you just show up day and night, 
and you keep reminding him of what he said. He likes to hear what he said. By the way, you do too. You, you would like it if somebody quoted you. What if you heard somebody quoting you? Do you think, whoo, hallelujah, I'd better be on my toes. They're, they're, they're quoting statements that I make. They like what I say so much they're quoting it. The Lord loves it when you bring his word to him. And you say, Lord, I love your word. I reverence your word. This is what you said. I bring it before you. Come on, Lord, do this for me. I know you can. And I believe that you will. Okay, day and night, day and night. And then suddenly, then suddenly, swiftly, he shows up and answers it. And when the answer comes, although you may have been praying for months, you may have been praying for over a year. When that answer comes, boom, you move from that patient day and night. You move from that that phase of the bearing long. You quickly move into that place where, boom, God answers And you wake up the next day and you're like, wow, did it really happen? I better look out the window again. Yep, it actually happened. Wow. Let me check over here just to make sure it really happened. Yep, it really did. Wow. Wow. What happened? He answered speedily. Foom. It went through. It was done. And now you have a testimony. Praise the Lord. Yes. Amen. That's how it works. But my friends, if you throw in the towel and you walk away or you just back off and you're not hitting it, you're not praying, you're not dialed in, you lose your, your motivation or whatever, then the worst thing would be, would, would be that you delay it. Well, actually, that's not the worst. The worst is that it never happens. Second worst is that it just gets delayed. But my friends, you can have it. God will do it. But you must stay in the game of prayer. Stay in there day and night, day and night. And by the way, when you stay in there, you generate heat. It's only when you stop praying that the momentum gets lost. So as long as you stay in there every day and just, you know, love on the Lord, worship the Lord, bring his word before him, talk to him about it, then you stay in what drummers call the pocket pro drummers that that have to keep a rhythm and a beat going for hours because they're playing song after song and maybe the concert goes for a couple of hours they just say you stay in the pocket so if you stay in that place if you stay in that place it, it's it's normal so don't get out of it just every day lord i'm back lord here it is good morning lord i love you i bless you i worship your name hallowed be your name and Lord, I, I just want to bring this back before you. I believe you're the mighty God, and I believe that you can do this for me, and it will bring glory to you. And then you see, you start getting right back in that flow again. Praise the Lord. Father, I pray for your people that if there's any weariness, that it come off of them now in the name of Yeshua, Jesus. Father, we thank you that we will not faint, but we will press on. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for the answer that you're going to do it. And we just give you praise for it. We believe it. We believe your word that Jesus said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. And Father, we thank you that this is the kind of faith that you're looking for. We give you praise. It's a persistent faith. May it be found in your people. And we thank you that we believe it will be through a good confession of our faith. In Jesus' name, bless your people today. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let us take communion together this day. Grab yourself some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Woo! Hallelujah. 
And Father, we bless it. We consecrate it. It is sanctified and set apart. This is now the flesh and blood of Christ. Let's take it together today. Father, we thank you for the flesh, the body of Jesus. And in a mystical way that we in some ways can understand, we are the body, the body of Christ, and he is the head. But yet he also has a physical body. And Father, we thank you that we now receive the body of Christ, the flesh of Christ. Woo, hallelujah. We don't have to understand it. We just have to believe it, and we do. We thank you, Father, we receive his flesh now and all of his benefits, knowing that he is the eternal word. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Woo, hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus, that as we receive it, we thank you that because we are in your family now through Christ, that we receive continual cleansing of sins. And Father, if we have con- committed certain sins that are just troubling our conscience, we confess those to you. And we thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Father, we thank you for right standing with you through Christ. And we're happy about that. We receive that. We certainly don't argue with it. We embrace it, that we are the righteousness of you, O God, in Christ. And we are so thankful. We praise you that according to your word in the book of Hebrews, you said our sins and our lawless deeds, you remember no more. Father, since you don't remember them, then we're not going to either. Hallelujah. We thank you for the potency of the blood of Christ, and we drink it now. Let's do this together. Praise God. Praise the Lord, my friends. Unless it's time to go to work. You need to spend some more time in prayer. Go back before the Lord. Keep bringing it before him. That earnest, maybe several of them, several earnest requests that you have. Bring it before the Lord. Stay with it, and he'll do it for you. Absolutely guaranteed he promised you he would. Stay in that zone. Stay in the pocket, and watch how he will swiftly answer. God bless you. I'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.